Kobe. Played very well tonight. Great team defense. Did a good job. Kobe Bryant. What's up, everybody, and welcome into the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Use the promo code WMVP when you go to DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. You could put your sports wagers on NBA games while the games are going on. You could do future bets for MVP. Also, for other sports around the globe, go to DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. And don't forget to use the promo code WMVP. Oh, we are packed today on this Under the Hood Basketball Podcast. Zion Williamson just is cheesing after a loss against the Knicks. We'll talk about that. Also, Derek Rose bringing me joy again. We'll discuss that. Stephen Bardo, his thoughts on some of the college players, some of the quality college players on their way to the NBA, including one from Gonzaga that we'll talk about. Uh, also, Russell Westbrook, so a great stat about him and so much more here. If you love basketball, basketball is hood. We cover it right here on the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast. I tell you, hey, subscribe on Spotify. That's the joint, right? Go to Spotify. That way you never miss an episode. There's always extra content on the Spotify feed and also on the Cap and J Hood podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the show on the Cap and J Hood podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. Uh, check out this podcast. Subscribe. That way you never miss an episode of the Under the Hood basketball podcast with me, Jonathan Hood. So as always, we start with the Bulls, then we spread our wings around the sport of basketball. We'll start with a couple of columns from Bleacher Report, one of them from Stephen Douglas, who writes a piece about the Bulls. Here's the title. It says, um, the headline, Chicago Bulls now 4-9 since acquiring Nikola Vucevic. Tanking next year is the obvious move. Okay, so Douglas says the Bulls' plan is working to perfection. Heading into the trade deadline, the Bulls had to make a classic choice. Should they buy or should they sell? Zach Levine playing at an all-star level. They went to market and they acquired Nikola Vucevic, perhaps the only all-star besides Levine who was available. At the time, Douglas says that he suggested that the Bulls might secretly be looking at the big picture and setting up for a tank in 2022 rather than to compete. He talks about how the Bulls are 4-9 since acquiring Vucevic from Orlando. That's a winning percent of 30%, down from the 44% before he arrived. On April 14th, they lost to Vucevic's old team because Wendell Carter Jr. came back into town, 19 points, 12 rebounds, and 4 assists. He goes on to say that the Bulls have played worse since the trade, duh, 4-9, but they have not budged in the standings. On March 
24th, the Bulls were 19 and 24 and in the 10th seed in the Eastern Conference. On March 25th, they acquired Vucevic. Three and a half weeks later, they are 23 and 34, 10th seed in the Eastern Conference. The Wizards have the same record as the Bulls, and the Raptors are just a half game back coming into our recording here on Monday. Okay, so let's talk about this for a second. Uh, I will not accept the tank from the Bulls in 2022. Uh, that's just not happening. I just It is amazing that the losing culture, right, the culture of, oh, you know, all you got to do is just tank, and then all, automatically, just like that, you win a championship. It's not that way for every team. It's just not that way for every team. And because the Bulls have two all-stars in Vucevic and Levine that can score the ball, you have a youngin in Pat Williams that you got to see how he develops. And then the rest of the team may not even be around in two or three years. I would just say that tanking is not the right idea. And the other reason why it's not right is because if you're trying to get to the uh, number one pick, number two pick, number three pick in the draft, you don't know if that player will pay dividends for this team. I like Billy Donovan as a head coach, but the Bulls are already trying to nurture a 19-year-old in Patrick Williams. I am not trying to have a bunch of draft picks to just kind of just be in seventh or eighth place. The Bulls have to take a look at the offseason and figure out, okay, which players can we peddle to get better with veteran players? It's one thing to have young players that you're trying to develop from a draft standpoint, but to just tank on purpose with Levine and Vucevic on the team, no, I think the Bulls are better than that, especially now. They're out of this whole deal where Pax and Gar were just looking forward to the lottery, stacking up draft picks, and then hoping and wishing. Now, I think it's time for the Bulls to seriously look toward the future quicker, much quicker than what we have seen before. Clearly, with this, the moves that they made at the deadline by having Tice on the team, a guy's a good rebounder that can shoot the basketball in the mid-range, having a 20-10 and 10 bona fide player like Vucevic, that helps the ball club as well. So that means the team is moving forward trying to win some games. No, it has not worked out well, but as I told you at the beginning of the season, this is a process for this Bulls team. It will be the most difficult job that Billy Donovan's had on the NBA level. Year two, year three, year four has got to be a lot better than just going backwards for a tank in 2022. They need ball players, veteran players that can help them now. And who knows where that's going to be in two or three years. Uh, but, the, you know, the idea of going backwards and trying to tank in 2022, no, absolutely not. Uh, because there are no bona fide players I see coming through the pipeline in the next two or three years. And that's going to be the next LeBron, next Giannis. You know, there's probably more Anthony Edwards out there uh, than Carl Anthony Towns or LeBron or some of the other better number one picks overall in the NBA draft or top two or three picks in the draft. It's about trying to get players that can play today instead of players for the future. That's how I look at it. The other story was from Dan Feldman. And the story is Zach Levine expected to forego Bulls contract extension, becoming an unrestricted free agent in 2022. So here's the story. Bulls guard Zach Levine will be eligible for a four-year, $104 million contract extension this offseason, which is relatively low compensation for the 26-year-old who could sign a deal up to the max as a 2022 free agent. Aishara Blakely, a good dude from Bleacher Report, says that 
Uh, that's why rival executives anticipate the Bulls will try to lock up Levine with a contract extension. He will make $19.5 million this season and next. But no, he'll likely let his deal lapse, become an unrestricted free agent, and sign what will be a more lucrative multi-year max pact. With the Bulls, if you are the Bulls, right? Because if he does leave, who's going to fill up that score sheet for you? Who else is going to give you 25 a night? Who's going to give you that electric scoring offensively? Uh, it, it, it's Vucevic is one guy, but who else is going to do that on this roster that you see? Um, that is a big question. Um, also, it says here from Dan Feldman from this Bleacher Report deal, the Bulls could use their cap space this summer to renegotiate Levine's current contract, which would allow them to extend his deal for a higher amount. A player-friendly renegotiation and extension is certainly possible. Uh, one other thing. It says if using cap space on Levine this summer, uh, if that's what the Bulls are going to do, Chicago would have less room to pursue outside upgrades. The Bulls as shown by Vucevic in that trade, are trying to appeal to Levine by winning more. It has not worked out so far because Levine's been out with coronavirus protocols. It's likely to start working soon. Um, So that is from the Dan Feldman piece I just read to you. Um, That's something that I've talked to Nick Friedel about, as a matter of fact, regarding what the Bulls could be doing here. If the Bulls are going to make a deal to keep Levine now, uh, that could close the door for further growth as far as their free agency is concerned. If the Bulls are trying to get Mike Connolly or Lonzo Ball or whomever, because the Bulls badly need a point guard, like a hungry man needs a sandwich, this dude, you know, it could, it could help. A Connolly or a Ball uh, could help the Bulls because they really need a point guard. There are very few in the league. Is there are very few true point guards in the NBA. It's not like the Bulls are going to get Chris Paul tomorrow, right? Um, but you need someone that's a ball handler that can make others better. The hope is, is that the Bulls are able to do that sooner than later. Peace to Black Rob, who passed away over the weekend. Man, he was a great rapper, great music. Just remember bumping his music up and down the south side of Chicago. Passed away at age 50. He was a real one. Really enjoyed Black Rob. You know what gave me joy? Let me tell you what gave me joy over the weekend in the NBA. Derek Rose, Chicago's own, gave me joy. I just happened to flip over to the Knicks and the Pelicans game. And I saw Derrick Rose out there toward the end of regulation as this game went in overtime and the Knicks defeated the uh, Pelicans. Scored six straight points down the stretch. Assisted on the um, on a shot to help the Knicks get in overtime. Blocked the game winner to put it into overtime. And Derrick Rose helped the Knicks defeat the Pelicans in Madison Square Garden. It just gave me joy to watch Derrick Rose. It wasn't eye-popping stats. What it was is is that he was just on the floor in the big moments. And as Tom Thibodeau, when he was coaching the Bulls, would say, the only time that Derrick Rose was not effective is when he was hurt. And that is the truth. (laughs) It's It's so true. I saw this dude at Simeon score, I think, two points or maybe even didn't score, but had more of an effect of a game when he was in high school 
than someone that's scoring a lot of points. Just his activity, the ability to pass the ball and make others better. Dude had six straight points assisted on that game one, uh, that game tying shot to put in overtime, um, which was really dope. And then having a block shot, all this to help the Knicks win that game against the Pelicans. So uh, I was really good to see that. And the Knicks, by the way, look out. This team is all of a sudden a playoff team. No surprise, right? It's Tom Thibodeau. He's got his way, his standards to try to get this team getting it done defensively first, and then the offense will come. Six straight wins for the Knicks. And Julius Randle shooting 40% from three. You see R.J. Barrett. This is a 3 and D guy now that is also shooting for a high percentage from the outside. So all of a sudden now the Knicks are relevant. It's amazing what happens when you have a style of play. It is interesting how the NBA, the narrative can be at times, oh, just get a whole a collection of players and then throw the ball out there. Well, for Tom Thibodeau, he might be a B to C coach. But one thing for sure, the Knicks are not embarrassing. That is for sure. There's a style of play there. There's a grit to the Knicks that you can see on your TV when you put New York basketball on. Um, it is You can see the defensive struggle uh, at times for the opposition against the Knicks, but just Julius Randle has opened up so much for him, avenues for him offensively. The, the team flows. But ultimately, as I just told you about the Bulls for Thibodeau, he ain't trying to cultivate young players. He's trying to win today by having young players come along slowly, but having veterans lead the way to show the young players. That's what's happening in New York right now. So not surprised that the Knicks are contending. Not surprised that the Knicks will somehow, someway get into the playoffs and at least be a relevant team. And speaking of the Knicks, oh, Zion Williamson was cheesing. Cheesing. Now, this is after the Pelicans lost, I thought, a heartbreaker to the Knicks. Listen to what Zion Williamson said to the press after the game, and then we'll have some comments on the other side. Zion, Pelicans lose with Zion. Big smiles. Uh, I'm glad you asked that, actually. Uh, I mean, New York is the mecca of basketball. Uh, I love I love playing. I love playing here. Uh, when I played here in college, and this is my first time playing here in the pros, and I mean, this this atmosphere, you know, whether they're cheering for you, whether they're booing for you, uh, it's amazing. Uh, uh, honestly, I think outside of New Orleans, obviously, uh, I think this might be my favorite place to play outside of New Orleans. I can't even lie to you. I can't lie to you. Oh, my God. I know it's a podcast. I wish you could see this. Look for this video because I want you to see the smile on Zion Williamson's face. Dude was smiling from ear to ear. That was the last question that he was asked in the press conference. What's it like to play at Madison Square Garden? And boy, the mecca of basketball. I'm glad you asked that, he said to start it off. You heard the cut. Can I tell you something? I listened to that and I watched that press conference with Zion Williamson after the Pelicans lost, by the way. And for some players, like, it's just another city, another plane ride, another club, another bar you go to, another hotel. It's just, you know, it's the rigors of an NBA season. You just go on to the next one, right? He took time out to express to you and to Knicks Nation and to the Pelicans in the NBA, I love playing at, quote-unquote, the Mecca, Madison Square Garden. Playing for on that floor, 
Young people don't talk that way. You know who talks that way? My generation, Gen X, and baby boomers especially. Oh, my God. How they have such, such reverence for Madison Square Garden. The reverence for Madison Square Garden. Playing in New York, whether they're cheering for you or booing for you, he says, I love this place. I mean, next to Smoothie King in New Orleans. I mean, there's Smoothie King, but it's nothing like the Mecca. (laughs) You know, it sounded scripted to me. It sounded scripted to me. It sounded like his agent or someone told him to talk in this high regard about New York. You know, for young people that are around the NBA or those that are playing in the NBA, the Knicks and Madison Square Garden is just another building. They are more into Brooklyn, and Brooklyn and the Nets don't have that much history either being in New Jersey all those years. But because of the hype around the Nets with Durant, with Harden, right, with Kyrie, with Joe Harris, with all these players on this team, Blake Griffin on this team now. Steve Nash is the head coach. When they first opened up, when they first moved to Brooklyn, Prokhorov, the billionaire Russian, and Jay-Z and Beyonce were at the games. It was different, right? It was different. But now the Nets could be a, a championship caliber team. Maybe, maybe not. We will see when it gets to the end of the season. But you could tell that Zion wants to be a part of that New York fabric. You could tell. Because... Even today, it does matter if you are in New York and actually making some headlines. Does Zion really want that? Clearly he does because of the smile. Almost blushing talking about the Knicks. And I'm just like, if I'm a player, if I'm 22, 23, the Knicks are not even on my radar. The Knicks? No. Because even as I just told you some positives about the Knicks under Tom Thibodeau, that doesn't last it's not like, if is Giannis going there anytime soon? Is LeBron coming back? Is Jokic going to be playing there? Is is uh, Joel Embiid going to be playing for New York anytime soon? Uh, Russell Westbrook playing for New York? I mean, are they going to have a, a collection of great players to lead the Knicks to a championship? I know that that is the shiny, wet dream for Knicks fans because they haven't won anything since 1973. I was one at the time. But I know that that is the dream. But that's, what does that mean? <laughs> what does it mean? The Knicks have been, because of ownership and because of ineptitude and mistakes, they have put themselves way behind. I would rather play for Brooklyn. I would rather play in Miami for Pat Riley. I would rather play in Dallas for Cuban. I'd rather play in Los Angeles for the Lakers. I'd rather play in Portland with Dame. I would rather play in Milwaukee with Giannis. Any way I can increase my chances of winning a championship. It's not about my touches. It's about trying to get better. But Zion, as we all kind of know, will not spend his entire career in New Orleans. And it's no shade at New Orleans. No shade at them. But but you can just tell that this team is good, but they'll never compete against the Lakers, Clippers, or Denver They won't compete against those teams, not yet, even with Zion on the team. And again, I like the Pelicans. You're not going anywhere with Stan Van Gundy as your head coach. Point blank simple. You just won't do that. That's not a championship team. 
But Zion, with that smile, told everything I need to know about how he really feels about the Pelicans. Ah, it's not like Master Square Garden, but Smoothie King is cool. But Master Square Garden, yes. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean that Zion actually will go to the Knicks? Was he just doing it for PR purposes because he's just trying to put a little, uh, you know, a little bait on the end of the hook? Here's Chris Broussard with more. Let me save Knicks fans some heartache. This is what superstars do. They wink at the Knicks. They flirt with the Knicks. They whisper sweet nothing in the Knicks' ears. And it never comes to mean anything. All right. Zion is like the 173rd superstar to call the Garden the Mecca after a game. Let me show you a little history. Right. 2008, LeBron James goes into the Garden with Cleveland, scores 26 points, leaves the Cavs to an easy victory. Afterwards, he's asked about free agency. He says this, July 1st of 2010 is probably going to be one of the biggest days in free agent history in the NBA. All right, New York goes crazy. I was in the press conference. They're going nuts. Oh, he's coming, he's coming. A year later, he drops a 52-point triple-double in the garden. And afterward, throughout the whole night, before the game, after the game, during the game, he's calling it the Mecca. He's raving about the fans and the atmosphere, the, the knowledge of the game that they have in New York. I mean... It was crazy, laid it on thick. Of course, it led to nothing. Two years ago, more than half the NBA thought Kevin Durant was a lock yep. to go to Done New York. Well. Of yep. course, nothing comes of it. So here's the thing, Knicks fans. Zion won't be a free agent until 2023. Next summer, 2022, the Pelicans will offer him a max contract extension. If he doesn't sign it, he'll be like the first superstar or star even. In, in recent memory, to not sign, the first star ever to not yeah. sign with a rookie yeah. deal extension with the team that drafted him. Right. Now, if he doesn't sign that for whatever reason, I can't imagine he won't, but if he doesn't, then Knicks fans can get a little bit of hope. But remember, three-fourths of the NBA will be going after Zion if he doesn't sign that extension, and a lot of them will have more to offer in a trade, and a lot of them are in a better situation <laughs> than the Knicks. So, Slow your roll. It's not a big deal. Stephen Bardo does a great job for the Big Ten Network as well as FS1 covering college basketball. There's been a change in the state of Washington with Gonzaga. We saw Gonzaga fall short of trying to win the national championship against Baylor. Stephen Bardo talks about how the Zags have changed, including getting the number one recruit out of high school, Chet Holmgren. Guys, I really wasn't surprised to see Chet Holmgren choose Gonzaga over the other six schools that he had. A seven-footer with guard skills. And you got to remember now, he's from Minnesota. So Jalen Suggs went to Gonzaga and had a great freshman year. And now he's going on to the NBA draft. Chet Holmgren is going to be one and done. And Gonzaga now, in my opinion, has replaced the Blue Bloods of like Duke, Kentucky, and Kansas for the premier spot for one and dones. So not surprised at all to see Chet Holmgren go out to Gonzaga. Um, one, because Mark Few's a great coach. Uh, he will adjust his system to try to highlight Chet as much as possible. I know this because I covered the WCC for years with ESPN. So congratulations, Chet. 
Good luck at Gonzaga. Good to hear from my man Stephen Bardo talking about Gonzaga. Yeah, that is a change after losing an opportunity with the national championship. It's a reloading for Gonzaga as Chet Holmgren, the number one guy out of Minnesota, goes to Gonzaga. Should be interesting college basketball season. It was throughout the pandemic as Baylor won the national championship. And now Gonzaga has one of those programs that will try to hold a guy, a player for a year and probably go right to the NBA. We just saw it with Suggs. We'll see what happens moving forward with Gonzaga. I thank you for being part of the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast. Thanks for listening. Love to get your feedback at TweetJHood on Twitter, Instagram, IG, JHood as well. And don't forget the Cap and JHood Morning Show, 7 to 10 a.m. Central on ESPN 1000. And also download the ESPN Chicago app to listen to us live wherever you are listening. Thank you so much for supporting the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Do not forget to use the promo code WMVP when you go to DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Talk soon. Thanks for listening as always.